0: I am so glad that you decided to join us for our, our series here, Reclaimed, And uh, I want to take a moment to just welcome all the campuses that are watching. Of course, we have our Apple Valley campus, Faribault, uh, Savage, uh, Minnetrista, Edina area, and Egan, all in Minnesota, and then Swaziland and Valencia as they are participating in this series with us. And uh, at all of our campuses and at Apple Valley, let's just thank God for what he's doing in multi-site. Let's give a hand clap and say hi to all the other campuses and do that. Yes. We are currently praying about two more campuses for next year, uh, strategically looking at two locations, and uh, I can't tell you where they are, but I can tell you to join us in prayer and be praying. We're just looking to expand wherever God opens the door, and uh, just need to see how technology is being used. Uh, in this series, Reclaimed, uh, we are going to reclaim the table. We are gonna reclaim the table, the table that God has designed for us to come together for a lot of different functions. And uh, one of the things that we're gonna ask that you do in this series is to use that hashtag, and it's this hashtag reclaim the table. And this is important for a couple of reasons. This will be a way for you to reach more people. It'll be a way for you to uh, be able to get that out. It's like an arrow pointing people to this sermon series. And if you use it on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, it also will make you eligible to win a custom-made table. If you saw the table in the intro video, we are going to give away one uh, a custom table valued at thousands of dollars, and it'll be picked from somebody that does the hashtag, reclaim the table. And so you're all eligible to win except for staff, all right? So they are not eligible, and so my wife can stop tweeting. And uh, (laughs) she wants one of those tables, but... I'm excited. There there are so many things that we're doing in this series, and you'll see uh, there are so many tools for you to take advantage of this series and to uh, take it to another level in your growth, in your spiritual growth. And one of the things that we're launching today is something in cooperation with the YouVersion Bible app. So if you have a smartphone or an iPad or something like that, you can actually follow along. If you go to YouVersion Bible and you go to the, uh, if you tap live, then search River Valley Church, you'll find this sermon and you'll find each week now the sermon in that app. You'll see that you'll have the scriptures, the sermon points, and you can follow along. You can actually take notes in that app Email it to yourself so you can put it into Evernote or anything like that. So we're utilizing that technology, and it launches with this series. And uh, we're very excited. There's also uh, surveys you can take, interactive things that you can be doing while the sermon's going on. And you're like, wow, this is really exciting. And don't get too distracted, all right? Stay with me. But reclaim the table. We're going to reclaim the table because I believe that the time around the table that God has given to us is so important. There's time for discipleship. There's time for outreach. There's time to uh, live healthier lives. There's time to remember how good God has been to us. There's time for us to be thankful. And so we're gonna reclaim the table. And this sermon today, if you will, is like the appetizer for the three-course meal that is coming in the next three weeks. This is just the appetizer. Eventually, we'll get to Deuteronomy chapter 6, but we're going to have a lot of setup and a lot of things that will help us to interact with this sermon series. Now, we're going to look at meals and eating and spending time together, and I don't know if you realize this, but the Bible actually starts pretty soon, right after creation, God talks about eating. Did you know that? God talks about eating. He says, I've created all this for you. You can eat anything you want except that one. You can eat anything. It's all really good, except that one. How many know that Adam and Eve went right for the except that one? And ever since then, how many know we've been making bad food choices? A lot of bad choices in general. But the Bible talks about eating. It opens up with eating, and then it actually talks about eating and meals in the Old Testament. And in week three of this series, we're going to look at how the food actually becomes the narrative. It actually speaks to you that the Jewish people have meals that they celebrate that, that help them to understand the theology, their understanding of God. The simplest thing for us is communion. When you hold the cup and the bread, it, it says something to you, it reminds you. It actually, when you look at the bread and you look at the cup, you remember Jesus, that he died on the cross, and that he shed his blood for you. But there's more. There are all sorts of meals in the Bible that will actually preach to us in week three of this series. You'll see that Jesus was doing so much of his ministry at meals. There's something about gathering around a table, gathering around food, and having ministry take place. One theologian, Robert Karras, noticed Jesus is either coming from a meal in the Gospel of Luke, going to a meal, or at a meal. Think about that. When you read Luke, if you take this challenge, he's either coming, going, or at a meal. It's over and over and over again. Jesus is doing ministry at the table If you think about this, the Bible actually ends with food. How many know that in Revelation 19, 9, it talks about this? It says, then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Think about this. The Bible, after all of the end times things, all of them happen, God says, I'm bringing you to an all-you-can-eat buffet (laughs) with no calories. Come on. I was thinking about this. Maybe the reason we love buffets so much is because buffets just point us to heaven. <laughs> Let's just go experience some heaven today. All right. Oh, man. It's, it's amazing. God has given us this joy of eating together and enjoying food. And one author said, uh, Tim Chester, he said, the world is more delicious than it needs to be. There must be a God. Think about it. He invented bacon. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh. Now think about this. We are designed to gather around tables, to gather around tables to eat. God has designed us so that we can eat about three to seven times a day. Depending on the portion size, you can eat smaller portions three to seven times a day. And he's saying, come together, gather around the table. There must be something about the power of the table, the power of getting together, the power of having that moment of exchange with having that food there and having people around the table with us. He could have created us so that we eat once a month. He could have. I can remember I took Connor and Logan to a zoo, and they were much younger, and we we walked into the reptile exhibit, and we actually went in the exit by mistake instead of the entrance, and as we went in the exit, they had just uh, started to feed a python, and they had a chicken in there with them, and he had already strangled it, and he was getting ready to eat it, and we were like, this is awesome, (laughs) and they're like, you're not supposed to see that, we're like, we're not leaving, you know, (laughs) and it was just incredible, and they said he won't eat for another month. Now, think about that. What if it was just once once a month food? Once a month for you and I, but no, God created us to have the table three to seven times a day for us to get together. So there must be something important for us to do as we gather together to eat, and we're gonna reclaim the table. The average American eats one of five meals in their car. We are way too busy. We need to slow down and reclaim the table. The majority of Americans say that they have one in five nights where they have a family dinner where everyone is present. One in five nights. We have to change that. We have to slow things down and say, we're going to reclaim the table. And studies have shown that if you will have three family dinners, three evening meals together per week, if you will do that, you will have children that are, are set up to win. They're going to be 40% less likely to be obese. You don't need to worry about the lunch programs. If we'll have family dinner, the obesity rate will go down. They are more likely to be excelling in school. They are less likely to be truant or in trouble with the law. It actually cuts in half by having family meals three times a week. Vanderbilt University was trying to study why do children uh, excel in reading and others not excel in reading. And they thought it was because their parents read them bedtime stories, and they found out it wasn't bedtime stories. It was actually the fact that they had family dinner, and they had family dinners at least three times a week, and in that time, they were dialoguing together. The children, their vocabulary was expanding. They were learning how to interact. They were learning how to form sentences, and it was way more important than baby Einstein or reading the, um, stories at night. It's all about family meals and spending time together. This whole series was uh, birthed when I had lunch with, uh, I was at a table with uh, Leonard Sweet. He's an amazing author and theologian. He's written 41 books and I was having lunch with him and he was talking about the importance of the table and all this and it just hit me. I said, this is going to be our fall sermon series. We need to do this. And he, he was sharing with me some statistics and I'll pass them on to you. He said the Amish retain 95% of their children in the Amish lifestyle. He said it's startling. People have tried to study this. How in the world in a day of technology and all this are the Amish retaining 95% of their children in this culture? And they found that the key was this, that twice a day the family stops and has a family meal together. Twice a day, they sit down and dad leads the family and he leads them in the blessing and he leads them in the stories and he talks to his children and he affirms his children and they have that physical contact and they sing songs together. And no matter where you go in the world, technology cannot take away that moment of being around the table with mom, dad, and everyone present. He also said that the Jewish people A statistically insignificant group, about 14 million people on the planet. That's it. Less than 0.2% of the whole world's population. These people have over 50% of the Nobel Peace Prizes on the planet. They're innovators, entrepreneurs, and you'd say, well, maybe it's because they're so peaceful. No, that's not it. They've studied this and they said it's the family dinner. Again, In the family household, the father takes the lead and and does the family dinner and brings everyone together. And he tells them about the story of the Bible. And he tells them about the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And as they do these meals that speak to them, they understand the story of God. And they see how the story got to their family. And they understand how the story continues with them. And instead of having to go out when they're 18 and find themselves... They already know who they are. They already know where they are in the story. They don't have to find themselves. They can go out and invent something and be an entrepreneur and take a risk, knowing the safety of the family is still there. There's something to this. It's an absolutely amazing thing. I think one of the successes of our Alpha ministry at our church is the fact that it starts with a meal. If you're not familiar with this, Alpha is launching at our Apple Valley campus and our Edina area campus this Tuesday. And you could be a part of that. You could come and check it out. You can sign up online. I actually think there's a link in the Uversion app. You could sign up and be a part of this, but it starts with a meal. People gather together. They eat together. And then they discuss the things of God. It's a safe place to ask questions. If you don't know Jesus, you can find out who he is. If you are new in your faith, you can get grounded in it. It's a great opportunity. By by, by show of hands, how many people have been through Alpha? Go ahead, raise your hand. Look at that. Okay, so if you have a question, grab one of the people that have their hands raised and they'll be able to tell you about it. It's an amazing thing. And it's really, that meal time is so important. And at the cost of tens of thousands of dollars, let me tell you, tens of thousands of dollars in our budget pay for that meal because we believe in the power of the meal together to draw people together in a safe environment to talk about the things of Jesus Christ. It's amazing the one of the most popular shows on TV, Duck Dynasty. What does it end with? It ends with a family meal. You can't wait to see what they're eating and see the prayer and all that. It's like good night, John boy. You know, it's it's. See, you're older. Somebody that Saturday crowd didn't get that one. They're way younger. I'm just saying. So, uh, Leonard Sweet said you could really take the Old Testament and the New Testament, put them into three sentences. The Old Testament would be would be this. They're trying to kill us. We survived. Let's eat. (laughs) The New Testament would be, I love you. I forgive you. Let's eat. Isn't that amazing? Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door. If you open up the door, I'll come in and I'll sit with you. I'll eat with you. I'll be there with you. That's what it's about. That's why this series is so important for us to reclaim the table. So I'm gonna give you a few things to make the most of this series. The first thing I want you to do is use that hashtag, reclaim the table. Again, it's a modern day amen. When you uh, tweet, when you put out an Instagram, when you say how much you love your church through social media, it becomes a way that points people towards uh, a message of hope and you can use that hashtag and of course we're giving away a table. Another thing that I want you to do, and this is gonna be a strong challenge for many of you, I want you to pray at every single meal for the remainder of this month. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Doesn't matter where you are. I know right now you're already thinking, okay, I have this meeting. I had a CEO of a company come up to me and say, I have 15 clients that are flying in for a fly-in meeting this week, and you drop this on me. I said, isn't that awesome, the opportunity? (laughs) Okay, I had another person say, I am consulting with a company in New York, and I've got to go there, and you're telling me I've got, I said, yes, I am. I had a young person in high school come up, and I said, what do you think of that? He goes, a lot (laughs) of pressure. Okay, but here's the deal. At the end of the service, we'll pray with you for boldness. Our prayer teams will pray for boldness, but I want you to be creative. I want you to pray over every meal. I think we're going to pray over every meal, because when we do, God shows up to dinner that's what we're going to do. And God's going to show up to dinner and we're going to see what happens. I'm not saying you have to do like, attention, everyone, I'm going to pray. You don't have to do that, right? (laughs) You could simply pray a little prayer. I remember on an airplane once I was praying and I just folded my hands, prayed over my meal. The guy next to me stopped and prayed over his meal, took a little card out, kissed it. And I said, what is that? He said, oh, this is my God. And I saw it, he was Hindu, and he had a picture of some elephant with multiple arms. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I said, after I pray to my God, I, I, I don't kiss him, I continue to talk to him, and he talks to me all day. And he's like, let's talk about that. And for two hours, a little prayer over a meal opened up into a whole new dialogue. So whether it's a silent prayer and you stop, now, now none of this, none of this, like, Lord, thank you forever. And no yawn, fake out prayers, okay, none of that. No, like, tying your shoe under the table, none of that. (laughs) I'm stealing away your angle, all right. You're going to pray. You're going to pray over every meal, in the mall, in the school, in the boardroom, anywhere. And if you're the leader, look for the opportunity Look for the opportunity. And if you want, you can throw me under the bus. That's okay. You can say, our pastor told us we should do this, and it's part of our thing, and we're gonna do this, and I, only for this month I'll be doing it. I mean, I don't, and maybe they'll, here, here's the thing. We were out to eat the other day, and uh, Pastor Davey, uh, we were, I said, Davey, why don't you pray? And the server was right there, and he goes, hey, do you have any prayer requests? We're about to pray. And she goes, I do. And she set down her book and grabbed our hands. We weren't even going to hold hands, you know. (laughs) She's like, okay, you know. God just shows up. Look for the opportunity. So we're going to use the hashtag. We're going to pray at every meal, and we're going to eat at least three family dinners together. We're going to eat at least three family dinners together. Now you say, well, that's easy. You're an empty nester now. Actually, that's actually sad for Becca and I. We'd love to be able to have Connor and Logan at these meals, and we're trying to figure out how we're going to get to college to see them, and with our travel and their work schedule, and we're trying to do as many meals, but Beck and I will have more than three meals together. But do whatever you can to have three meals together. This is something that is very important for this series for the remainder of the month, and we've given you a couple tools. Our kids ministry, just amazing. They came up with this around-the-table placemat. It's as good as Disney. It incorporates our characters from the church. On the back, it says 10 questions you can ask mom and dad, 10 questions mom and dad can ask you. It has their soap, devotion reading. It's just, it's an amazing opportunity. So we've given you that resource. We've also made a new resource, much like Table Talk, and it's called the Reclaimed Cards. And so on there, it's just like, if you were a car, what kind of car would you be? Communicate the gospel in five words. What's one thing you want to do before the end of the year? What are you getting Pastor Rob for his birthday? No, i just kidding. That's not in there. Not in there. You know? Okay, so you get it. So we're even helping you. It's one per household. So singles, you can get this. And here's what I'm saying. Don't excuse yourself. Empty nester, singles, whatever. Think of a way to do this. Maybe at work, you could say, hey, we're doing this. And uh, I thought we could do lunch three times a week during this series. We'll do the table talk cards. Who knows what God could do? Do not excuse yourself. Matter of fact, I think we have the link for the life groups. There's actually life groups with Reclaim the Table. You can sign up for those and, and, and follow the link there and go to Reclaim the Table. Again, I think it's with the app. Um, but it's life groups. I think forward slash uh, reclaim the table. But it, it, go ahead and be a part of this. This is something we're going to do. Now there's just two rules for the family dinner. There's no phones on and there's no TVs. All right. Now I can tell you we did not do good at that with as a family. And I'm just confessing we didn't do good. There's no phones on and there's no TVs. Uh, I didn't make up this saying, but I think it's really cool. Disconnect to reconnect disconnect to reconnect. That's what we're going to do. We're going to disconnect to reconnect. So no phones and, and all that. And then if at all possible, let's eat at home. Eating out does count. But again, put the phones down. It does not count if you're eating at a lunch counter that you can't be like, how are you doing? They're doing good. You can't, none of that. It's at a table. All right. Um, all right. So it's for the entire month and you're not too busy. You're not too busy. Uh, let me just say this. You might say, well, our kids have sports and this and that and all this, and they got soccer and all that. Here's what you're going to say to the coach. You're going to say our other coach, our pastor coach, who has more authority than our soccer coach. Our pastor coach, because we want our kids to go to heaven, not just know how to do a corner kick. Our pastor coach... (laughs) Our pastor coach is, is telling us that we have to practice and it's part of our training. And as soon as we're done with our other coach, because our kids are signed up for multiple events, our kids will get done with that and we'll come to practice as soon as we can, as soon as we've fulfilled our other obligations from our other coach. Okay. Can I get an amen from all the youth pastors? Okay. All right. So we're going to do this. We're going to reclaim the table and it's more than just a physical table. We're reclaiming mealtime. But I wanna let you know, as far as I can tell, I think God invented the table. He actually gave the instructions for the table. Now, if you go to Wikipedia, you'll see that it says the Egyptians invented the table, but it says the Egyptians invented a short little table to keep things off the ground. But if you look in Exodus chapter 25, God tells uh, Moses how to make a table. And he says, here's the height of the table. Here's the width of the table. And he says, this is how I want the table to be built in the tabernacle. Interesting thing. The exact height and width of that table in Exodus 25 is most likely the exact height and width of your dining room table. If you take out a tape measure, and I did this, your table is probably 42 inches across. Why? Because that's the width that God designed in Exodus 25. And it's amazing. When I took out my tape measure, I measured, I was like, 42 inches. I I was so excited. Like, it's true, you know? (laughs) Amazing. God has given us a table to gather around. And I know that in Bible times, they uh, uh, laid around on cushions and their tables were much lower. But in our culture, the exact height, the exact width is the table that is found in Exodus 25. And it's more than just a physical table. We're taking back the power of the mealtime. We're taking back the table. We're reclaiming the table and saying there's something that's going to happen there. There's going to be discipleship. There's going to be outreach. We're going to be intentional with the meals that God has given to us. He's given us three to seven meals a day on purpose for a reason because something, an amazing spiritual dynamic is going to happen at the table. Jesus was with his disciples in Matthew 26, 20. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the 12. He was discipling them. And we are going to say in week one, the table is a place for discipleship. The table is a place for discipleship. With Luke ten, he's with Mary and Martha. Discipleship is going on. In Luke eleven, he condemns a Pharisee at a meal. He's there, and he takes the time to say to his disciples, "That's not the way we're going to do it. We're going to do it this way." And he was always teaching and discipling around the mealtime. In in Luke nineteen. When he meets up with Zacchaeus, Jesus could have said, let's just stay here and talk. But instead, he said, we're going to your house. You're going to feed me a meal. You're going to take care of me. What's for dinner? We're going to do discipleship around a table. And I think there's something powerful. And for all the families that are here, there's something that you've got to grab hold of. It's your place of discipleship. It's your place of discipleship. You are supposed to be discipling your family in that moment. Single mobs, you are supposed to be discipling. Uh, families, you are supposed to be discipling. Don't excuse yourself. There's an opportunity to disciple at the table. It didn't just start with Jesus. Again, it's all throughout the Bible. And I think about it in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 7. It's the challenge from God. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today, he's talking about the Ten Commandments, are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. How are you going to impress them on your children? You're going to do that, as it says, talk about them when you sit at home. Where are you sitting at home? You're sitting at the table. He says, and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up, he's saying it's your job to take this time of discipleship and God has given you a great opportunity with three meals a day in our culture, three meals a day to say, let's do this together. Let's disciple, let's make sure that we're pouring into the family at this moment. God knew that the land that they were about to go in was inhabited by all sorts of other people that would try to steal away their loyalties. And he knew that if they were there sitting down at the table, if they were there gathering together around the food and they would take that moment, they could stay discipled. They could answer the questions as they come up. It was an amazing thing. And I believe that God wants us to take our table and, and do many of the things that are right there in Deuteronomy 6. They would say that, there's one God, and, and he's our God, and he's in love with us, and he has a relationship. And I think today you could talk at your family table and talk about how much you love God. And you could ask the question, is, is there many opportunities? Are there many opportunities to get to God? Or is there one name under heaven whereby men must be saved? You could talk about that at your family table. At their family table, they would talk about being slaves, and many of their meals would, would remember that they were in slavery and that God delivered them. And they'd realize that God set them free. And I'm going to ask you today, around your table, have you discipled your family? Dads, moms, have you discipled your family so they know your salvation story? Do they know your story? Could they repeat it without you even being there? You say, tell them my story. How did I give my life to Jesus? And they're like, I can't believe it. But dad, used to be a druggie, I know. And you know, then God saved them. Who knows? But can you, are you discipling around the table, telling the salvation story? In Deuteronomy 6, God continues and he's like, when you get in this land, you're gonna get houses you didn't build and wells you didn't dig and it's the blessing of God on your family. Around the table, do you disciple your family and tell the blessings? Do they know how you acquired certain things in your life? Do they know how things came to pass, that God's hand of blessing was on you? When you're doing that, you're actually discipling and mentoring your family. It's a, there's something, a spiritual dynamic going on that is just a huge blessing on your family. They talked about obedience, I mean, at your table, you could disciple your family and talk about obedience. They were told to remember the Lord always. Remember the Lord, be obedient. You could talk to your children and say, here's a time when I wrestled with God. He told me to do something and I didn't do it. And as we eat the meal tonight, I wanna tell you about that story. And it took me three months. And if I could tell you this, don't wrestle with God. He always wins. It doesn't go well. It's way better when you obey. Maybe talk about a moment that you obeyed right away. Maybe talk about the importance of obedience. And even if you're living in the darkness where you obeyed and you haven't seen anything come to pass yet, you still talk about knowing that you obeyed and you're waiting for God's blessing. That's discipleship. That's what they would talk about around their family table. That's what they would talk about to disciple. This is a place to be ready for those regular moments. And and in verse 20, it talks about spontaneous, teachable moments. Spontaneous, teachable moments will happen around your table if you take time around the table. It'll happen. He talks about, in the future, when one of your sons asks, what's the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and the laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt. And he goes on and on and on. But God brought us out with his mighty arm. It's a teachable moment. I can't tell you how many times at family dinner a teachable moment arises. Just, it would just arise right there, and all of a sudden, we're like, okay, we're taking care of that. We were thinking we were doing this, but we're now taking care of this, because being in proximity, being gathered together, all of a sudden brought about these teachable moments. Just the past week, uh, Becca, myself, and Pastor Ryan were in Springfield, Missouri, and we did chapel. Ryan led worship for the Assemblies of God Chapel, and I preached at the chapel. And uh, it was just fun to be there. And then a thunderstorm hit and we couldn't fly out and we got stranded in Springfield. And we said, well, what if we drive to Kansas City and we can get out? They said, well, you can drive there, get out in the morning. And so we spent three hours in the car together talking. Then we spent two hours at dinner talking together. And Ryan was like, don't take this wrong, but I'm glad we got stranded. He's like, I had so much fun just talking and learning and I feel like I know you better, like you know me better. I feel like it was discipleship time and it was just a great time around the table. There's something about those teachable moments that just happen around the table. Now, I wanna tell you a couple of practical things before we end this. We are very proud of our two boys, Connor and Logan. Uh, They're both at North Central uh, University uh, studying for the ministry and just amazing young men. And uh, we're trying to figure out what are the things we did right, what are the things we did wrong and different things. And one of the things we know we did right was family dinner with them. We know that we did family dinner with them. And uh, I, I know this, we didn't always eat the best. If you know the story, I was, you know, an extra large shirt, now I'm a medium and changed our diet. I mean, we knew that we didn't do it all right with them when someone said, uh, what are your favorite vegetables? And they said, cheesy beans. You know, and they're so like, all right, yeah. <laughs> you mean green beans? They're like, no, cheesy beans. You know, like, okay, all right. So, but here's something we did right. We had family devotion time. And I found this looking through because we do something different each year. This is the year that 9-11 happened. That's how old this is. And you'll see through here that we we're doing this little adventures for growing families, 52-week devotional. And you'll see that each day we wrote down the prayer request. And it's pretty amazing. I mean, I, I don't know, this day, we were praying for Logan. It says, let's pray that Logan learns to say his K's better. And, you know, so he's doing real good now. So it, <laughs> it was answered, you know. Oh, uh, Here's one. I, I tried to bring back prayer requests from the church when you know this couple was divorcing, and I just it says let's pray for this couple. The dad's not being very nice to the mom, and I tried to make it in a way that they could understand. But we'd pray for families in the church. Um, here's one that we're praying for our cars to sell. We had two cars for sale, and, and we prayed for them to sell. And a little bit later, it's like, hey, the jeep sold, and all the way back here, it's like the maxima sold. And it's kind of neat to see those answered prayer requests. We prayed for President Bush because 9/11 happened. So we prayed for that, and it's kind of interesting. I didn't realize it was also the same year that the anthrax was going on. And we prayed that the person sending the anthrax would get caught, and that the people that were victims of that would be okay. We prayed for the families that lost loved ones. These are real prayer requests. That's discipleship going on around the table. Another year, I found this one again, just kind of saved it, and another year we did the One Minute Bible, and I just thought the kids could handle one minute of Bible reading, and then we'd just talk about whatever God would open up, and so we did this for a year, the one-minute Bible. I kind of felt as a dad that you know, I wanted devotion in this time of discipleship to be fun. And I kind of felt like just for a season, one time, I said, I'm going to try to take something and, and adapt it to a devotional. And so I adapted the Essential 55 with the Teacher of the Year and uh, taught our kids all sorts of manners and really discipled our kids. And to this day, if you ask Connor and Logan how they're doing, they'll return the question because they learned it here at the family dinner table. You say, how you doing? They'll say, we're doing good. How are you doing? And I've watched grown adults shock that a teenager would actually return the question and make eye contact. And, and they learn some of those things around the family table. We took uh, the JBQ quiz pack and uh, did that and just picked a card and talked about it. Matter of fact, uh, not that long ago, uh, we were at family dinner and they had a friend over and I was quizzing them. Where in the Bible does it say this? Where in the Bible does it say that? And their friend's like, do you guys do this all the time? <laughs> and, They're like, yeah, we do, all right. (laughs) Now, I want to tell you this. I did this because I'm a dad, not because I'm a pastor. I did this because I'm a dad, and it's my responsibility to lead the family table. Again, if you're a single mom, it's your responsibility to grab that, but it's our responsibility as as parents, as leaders of our home. We have God-ordained roles. And husbands and wives, you should be leading the charge. Can I tell you this? You may be so busy, but you need to accommodate and work however you can. My mom used to pack us in the car when we were little with a picnic lunch because dad worked three jobs. He worked at Key Cadillac. He was in the Army Reserve, and he counted inventory for a restaurant. Three jobs to make ends meet when we were being raised. And I can remember there would be busy seasons, and mom would pack us in the car with a picnic lunch. We'd drive into a dine at a key Cadillac, go to a local park, spread out a blanket. It became our table. And she said, my husband will bless his children. My children will know what it's like to be in proximity and to have this going on. You're not too busy. We can find a way. And we do this, not because we're pastors, but because we are Christians, because we are parents, because God has given us the ability of the table to disciple, and we are going to reclaim the table for discipleship in Jesus' name. So Lord, I pray right now that we would reclaim the table. We would reclaim the table. You've created us in a way to have family meals, to get together so that your presence, so we stop and acknowledge you. You've given us the opportunity so that we can get together as a family. Let's not waste this opportunity. There's something powerful about mom and dad and children being together and those teachable moments and discipleship and things going on. And I just pray in Jesus' name that would reclaim the table. I do pray for boldness. I pray for boldness over our church that they would pray in the boardroom, in the consulting meeting, one-on-one with a client. They're gonna have the boldness to say, do you mind if I pray this blessing over the food? I always like to give thanks to God for everything I have. I pray for boldness amongst our teenagers, and I I am believing that they will have the strength to pray in the school. They will pray in front of their friends, and maybe their friends will join them, and, and maybe we could have ministry and outreach to servers in our community as we ask them if they have anything that we can pray for. I have no idea where you're going to take this, but we are going to reclaim the table for discipleship. So I pray for that boldness and that desire to reclaim the table. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.